Hello, and welcome to Stonebridge's online service. I am Pastor John, and we are continuing our sermon series entitled Revealed God at Work, where we are looking at the signs in the Gospel of John, the signs that Jesus performs so that we can understand how God works in our lives. And as we have been changing some things with our online service, I did want to just remind you all of how this service looks now. Um, first, we have this intro. After this, we will have some announcements to listen to. Then we'll dive into the sermon. And then after that, there will be two worship songs for you to listen to. So I hope you enjoy this service. Um, I hope that you find a blessing here. I hope that you can see God's work more clearly after reflecting on this and after you have some chance to worship through music. And I invite you now to listen to some announcements so you can know what's happening at Stonebridge Community Church. God bless you all, and thank you for tuning in with us. Welcome to Stonebridge. Here are some announcements and things to know. During this time in the life of the church, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com, click on online giving, you can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can send in your offering through the mail. If you'd like offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. Ventura County is now in the orange tier and more and more people are choosing to get vaccinated. Consequently, Stonebridge is entering the next phase towards reopening, which means we are now meeting weekly for worship. Join us outdoors on Saturday nights at 5.30 or indoors on Sunday mornings at 10.30. Kids and teen programming will also be available during both services. Pre-registration is still required, so please register by noon on Fridays. Stonebridge is preparing our campus to welcome back members, friends, and new guests. This means we are recruiting those who are ready and willing to serve as weekend greeters. If you're excited about worshiping again in person, your excitement can be contagious. Channel your excitement positively by contacting the church office to sign up. On Sunday, May 23rd at 2 p.m., we will be having a congregational meeting over Zoom. The purpose of the meeting is to elect our new church officers and to approve our pastor's terms of call. Registration required ahead of time. Stonebridge Day Camp registration is now open. Join us June 28th through July 2nd for a week of fun in the mountains of Rocky Railway. Kids will discover that trusting Jesus will pull them through life's ups and downs. You can trust that Stonebridge will be following local and state COVID precautions carefully. Day camp will have reduced amount of kids, and at this time, masks are required. Sign up by visiting our website. We would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in new version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. And lastly, as a courtesy to others and for the health and well-being of everyone, we kindly ask that you continue to wear your mask. Once again, welcome to worship. Our scripture passage comes from John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. Hear the word of God. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. 
When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Lord, reveal yourself to us through your scriptures. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, illuminate the scripture for us so that we can see your work clearly in our lives. Speak to us now through this account of this sign that you performed all those years ago. Speak to us clearly, Lord, so that we can be your disciples and we can be your people in the world. We thank you and we praise you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, we've been looking at these signs in the Gospel of John, trying to look at God's work in the past so we can see God's work in our lives today, trusting that these signs, they reveal something to us about how Jesus interacts with us in our lives, that signs are more than just miracles, that they reveal to us truths about God. And when you look at the signs, you start to see a bit of a pattern develop for at least most of them. In the signs, there's usually a larger crowd present, multiple people who will see what Jesus does. In the signs also, Jesus is usually addressing a specific need with the actual sign itself. So Jesus turns water into wine. That sign, it addresses the need for wine at a wedding. Jesus heals the royal official's son from a distance. The son is about to die and Jesus addresses that need and that's the sign. Jesus heals a man who can't walk. He heals a blind man. Uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000. All of those address something really specific, and the actual sign that's performed addresses it. With this sign, with Jesus walking on water, the pattern is broken. In this sign, there isn't a large crowd. There's just a few disciples in a boat. And the actual sign that Jesus does of walking on water, that doesn't really address a need. So it raises the question, what what is the point of this sign? What is the walking on water? Why is that important? Because Jesus doesn't ever say to the storm, be still or calm like he does in Matthew and Mark. In the Gospel of John, the walking on the water is the actual sign. So what is this one pointing to? I think that this passage is one of those that I personally love coming across in Scripture. It's short, but it has so much imagery in it. And this passage, this account of this sign and the sign that Jesus performs, I think that there is an invitation here. And that really what this sign is pointing to, what Jesus walking on the water is pointing to is an invitation that is extended to each and every one of us. But in order to really understand what the invitation is and the depth of this invitation, we have to unpack a few important things from this passage. Some images that we have to look at, some phrases that we have to look at. There's three things I really want to focus on here that I think unlock this invitation for us so we can understand what it means for our lives today. The first of those three things is the sea. Now, when I think of the sea, I think of going to the beach. 
I think of being at the beach with my family and my son, and my son loves to explore everything at the beach. He can explore everything to his heart's content, but his heart's usually never content. He never wants to go home. Or I think of my own childhood where I grew up going to the beach myself and grew up surfing and being in the water, and the beach was a safe place, a calm place, a fun place. That's what I think of when I think of the the term sea. That's not what the Bible thinks of, though. In the ancient world, the sea was not a safe, fun place, really. The sea was a representation of chaos and instability and disorder. Because if you went out on the sea, you were on a rickety boat that at any point, a storm could come and destroy and take your life. So the sea in the Bible, most often, not all the time, but most often it's talked about as something that needs to be conquered. That's something God is above, that God is over. If you go and you look at the Psalms, you see this clearly. This type of language is all over the book of Psalms. Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. God is over the waters. And it's not just talking about a physical distance. It's pointing to God's place above the waters, that God has controlled the waters, that God has conquered the waters. Psalm 93, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. So the floods, they rise. The chaos rises. The instability, it rises up. More majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, more majestic than the water waves of the sea, majestic on high is the Lord. However high the waters might get, however high the chaos might rise, God is above it. God has conquered it. Psalm 74, you divide the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the dragons of the waters. So it's not just the waters that create this chaos, but there's things inside living in the waters that create chaos as well, that represent a threat. Psalm 74 goes on, you crushed the head of Leviathan, you gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. Leviathan is that ancient dragon, that ancient monster that lived in the sea and that God had conquered also. So it's not just the sea, but the things living in the sea. All of this represents a chaos. Psalm 89, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. So there's four examples there. I could go on and on because this is all over the Psalms. So when we see the sea there in the Gospel of John, and we see that it's dark, that the wind is rising, it's not just the sea that's there. It's this representation of chaos, of instability. And if you think that I'm just reading this into the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John regularly quotes the Psalms. John, who wrote this gospel, knew the Psalms very well. In fact, I went through and I I counted 20 direct quotes from the Old Testament in the gospel of John. And these are direct quotes, not just allusions, but direct quotes. Of those 20, nine of those come from the Psalms. It is by far the most quoted book in the gospel of John. The next closest was the book of Isaiah, which has three quotations. So the Psalms are quoted three times more than Isaiah, the closest one. John, who wrote this gospel, knew the Psalms well. And it wouldn't just be an accident or a coincidence that this picture of the sea is here in this gospel. The sea represents 
chaos. It represents instability. It represents those reminders of the ways in which this world doesn't reflect God's original intent. So that's the first thing that we have to understand to unlock the invitation here in this passage. And the second thing we have to understand is the witnesses to this sign. Like I said earlier, most of the other signs, they have large crowds. But here in the Gospel of John, with this story of walking on water, the only ones to witness this are Jesus' disciples who are in the boat. They're the only ones who witness what happens here. And it terrifies them. And I understand that it would terrify them. I mean, Jesus, their teacher, is walking on water. Who does that? Of course they are terrified. But they are Jesus' disciples. And they're the only ones who see this. This sign, it offers an invitation to all of us to let us know what it looks like when you are a disciple of Jesus. This is an invitation to become a disciple of Jesus because this is what is offered to us. This invitation, it's an invitation to discipleship, to following Jesus, to being in the relationship with Jesus where he is Lord, you are the pupil. He is the teacher, you are the disciple. That's the invitation here, to hand over our fears to Jesus, to become his disciples. This is a glimpse of what that looks like and what one of the main benefits is. So that's the second thing for us to understand is, is the crowd there. Who is witnessing this? Who is watching this? It isn't a large crowd. It's a small group of disciples. And we are invited to be in their place, to become like them. And then Jesus gives them really a, a command, but an invitation as well. The third thing for us to focus on is what Jesus says to the disciples in that moment. He is walking on the waters. He's walking to them and he says to them, well, the way the NRSV translates it, also the way the national, the New International Version translates it, the NIV and the King James, the way that they all translate it is Jesus says, it is I, do not be afraid. This translation may be one of the most frustrating translations to me in all of scripture. Because if you look at your footnote in your Bible, or if you looked at the Greek and you know ancient Greek, Jesus doesn't actually say it is I. The phrase Jesus uses is the Greek for I am. That's what Jesus first says to the disciples there. And I get so frustrated with it is I. I, I just can't stand that translation because it misses the allusions to the Old Testament that are clearly being drawn here. I am is an incredibly loaded phrase in scripture. That is the name that God gives to Moses. When Moses says, what name should I tell the Israelites is, is your name? God says, I am. Tell them that I am sent you. And at other places in the Bible, I am, it points to the God that reached out to Israel, the God that created the world. And throughout the gospel of John, in this very gospel, Jesus says, I am at key points to reveal his identity as God in human form. And what's so frustrating to me about that translation of it is I is that this is so obviously a moment where Jesus is revealing his divine identity. 
The Psalms all talk about Jesus, or sorry, talk about God overcoming the waters, that God is above the waters, that God is over the waters. And we literally have a picture of Jesus above the waters here. Jesus walking on the water. I don't know how much clearer you can get that Jesus is revealing who he is to his disciples. He's letting them know that the God who created all of creation, the God whose spirit was hovering over the waters, is there in him. That that's who he is. It's Jesus revealing to his disciples who he is. And then he gives them that famous commandment, which is also more of an invitation than a commandment, do not fear. Do not fear. Let go of your fear. Cast your fears to the side. He reveals his identity to them, which allows them to let go of their fear. To trust that Jesus is who he says he is. That he is who he is revealing himself to be. And that though he does this sign of walking on water, and though human beings aren't supposed to be able to do that, he is more than a human being. He is God there, present with them. And whatever chaos is in their life, whatever waters might rise to overtake them, he will be there with them throughout it. That's the invitation. And it's not just an invitation for the disciples there that day. This invitation is for each and every one of us. It's for all human beings. Jesus extends this to each and every one of us. Now, I've been using this term chaos regularly uh, in this sermon here. And I want to say I, I hesitate sometimes to use that term because it's become so politically loaded. Different politicians for the last few hundred years have accused their opponents of creating chaos and raising chaos. So it's politically loaded, but I want you to set all of that aside. Because when I'm talking about chaos, I'm not talking about instability in society, though that is an expression of chaos. I'm talking about something even deeper, though. I'm talking about chaos being rooted in the sin that entered into the world in the fall. I'm talking about chaos being those expressions of sin and disorder in our lives. Sin being all that which separates us from God, which makes us know we're not actually in God's presence. The invitation here in this passage is to hand all of that over to Jesus. Whatever it is that you are carrying, whatever it is that is representing chaos in your life, instability in your life, whatever that is, the invitation is to hand that to Jesus, to trust that Jesus is walking upon that, that Jesus has conquered that, in the same way he's walking on the waters in front of those disciples. When we become disciples of Jesus, when we embrace him as Lord, we can let go of our fears. We can let go of our anxieties. We can hand those over to Jesus and we can trust in him. So the invitation here is for you to think about how does chaos creep up into your life? How are the waters rising around you? How is it that instability is taking over? It would be easy for us to, at this point, just think about the pandemic of the last year, which is obviously a a clear indication of chaos. That is, disease is not the way God wanted the world to function. But I also want us to dig a little deeper in ourselves. 
Because before this pandemic happened, we had things that reminded us that this world was not what God wanted it to be. And after this pandemic, we will have events in our lives that will remind us that this world is not what God wanted it to be. What is that in your life? And the invitation here is to hand that to Jesus, to trust that he is above that, that he has conquered that, and to let go of fear. The invitation here is to either enter into, if you don't already know Jesus, or to deepen this relationship with Jesus that we have. Because this is the core of the gospel. The good news that we see in the scriptures, that we see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we see it throughout the New Testament, and we have it forced out in the Old Testament, the good news of the Bible is that God has overcome sin, overcome death, overcome grief, overcome loss, that when Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus died and sacrificed himself for us, that all of that was overcome. And that when Jesus was resurrected, that is another glimpse of Jesus standing above the waters, walking on the waters, conquering all that has ruined our lives. That's the invitation here. To either enter into or to deepen that relationship with Jesus as one of his disciples. And those of us who are disciples, we learn to trust that Jesus is who he revealed himself to be. So I invite you, wherever you are, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not in that relationship with Jesus, to look at who he reveals himself to be, to be open to the idea of trusting Jesus with all that weighs you down, to hand that over to Jesus. And for those who do know Jesus, I trust you to set aside your anxieties to set aside your ideas of control, to hand that to Jesus because that is the invitation in this sign. This sign is one that points to who Jesus is, his identity as the God who created creation. So may we trust Jesus, may we embrace this gospel, and may we hand over all that raises our fears. May we hand over all that represents chaos in our lives to Jesus and trust him to conquer it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please pray with me. Lord, we hand over to you all that raises our fears, all that raises our anxieties, Lord. We hand over to you all the chaos in our lives, all the expressions of sin. We hand all that over to you, Lord. And Lord, we want to know you. We want to know you at a deeper level. We want to know who you reveal yourself to be. So reveal yourself to us each and every day, Lord. Wherever we are on our journey of faith, if we have never met you before, Lord, reveal yourself to us now. If we've known you our whole lives, reveal yourself at a deeper level to us now. But Lord, reveal yourself to us in the same way you did to your disciples when you walked on the water all those years ago. We thank you, we praise you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.